Good morning. This is Dr. Odell Glenn from the OG Inspiration Show. I'm inspiring, encouraging, empowering you this morning. Some of you may be drinking coffee at Starbucks. However you want, we're starting your week off by encouraging and empowering. And so as I do each week, I like to begin off with a prayer. God, we thank you and we praise you for another day. God, we ask that you would have your way this week. And God, we ask for your wisdom and your guidance, and we thank you for the gifts that you've given each of us. Now, God, we thank you for our guests today who will be inspiring us even more, and we ask for your guidance and your wisdom. We thank you. Amen. Amen. And so, as I do each week, I like to start off by just some words of encouragement. Um, life is calling each of us to the next version of ourselves. And so I think we all see that during COVID, where most of us are quarantined, are working from home. But again, a lot of us are in the state of thinking, hey, what am I going to do next year? How am I plan my next five years? Am I happy? And so life is always calling us, no matter how old you are, to your next version, because we are continually evolving. And so that means that you have to decide you want what life is calling you more than you are afraid of it. Of course, fear is a common um, emotion, but you can't let fear empower you. You can, be, you can be a prisoner to your fears and settle where you are, or you can choose to chase a dream. And so we just want to ponder on those quotes because quotes are here to empower us and each guest that I've brought on the show, you guys already know my story. We evolve over periods of time and we want to be the first versions of ourselves. So as we look to the new year and years beyond, we want to improve, self-improve. Some of us may want to get into the gym. Some of us want to exercise a little bit more. Some of us may want to go back to school. Some of them want to start a business or write a book. However way you look at it, you can be empowered by the things that you do today, right? So this morning, we have a special guest. Um, his name is Mr. Jeff Pollitt, and he is a civil trial lawyer turned suspense fiction novelist. And so as we have um, been looking at various fields, we are actually today going to um, interview a lawyer, and he's going to tell us how he got into law, what schools he went to, and if there are any high school or any undergraduate students um, preparing to go to law school, he can definitely give you some direction. And so captivating, gripping, unique, that's how reviewers describe his book called The First Second Coming. And I think his book is very, very interesting because it's a, it, it involves a lot of romance, fantasy, and theology, which is basically one of my three favorites outside of the science, hardcore sciences. And so will humans set aside their petty squabbles and cooperate side by side to solve the world, the world problems, or will Earth's new God, a planetary turnaround specialist, ensure the planet's survival by extinguishing the human race? This fascinating concept that animates FSC, or First Second Coming, which is the name of the book, is a perfect blend of suspense romance, fantasy, and theology. And first, second coming, humans have 60 days to determine that they can help their new supreme being solve the world's problems. 
The story's charismatic main characters, television co-hosts who serve as God's media representatives, also have 60 days to grow their romance and either die in each other's arms or save mankind. Let your audience learn notes about the first, second coming, or we will learn notes. You should be taking notes is what I want you to um, pretty much take away from this book. And it is an easy book to read and you will have a lot to think about. So it is a blend of romance, fantasy, and theology. And sometimes we just have to think beyond what we see. And so this is where Mr. Jeff Pollock, as you can see, he's a little like myself. He comes in a lot of different angles and he's going to tell us what he has done as a civil trial lawyer. And he'll talk a lot about his book and what he is doing now. So after this commercial break, we will come back and hear from none other than Mr. Jeff Pollock. Did you know that each of us consumes more air each day than anything else in the world? We breathe in over 3,000 gallons of air every day. According to the Environmental Protection Agency, indoor air levels of many pollutants may be two to five times and sometimes more than 100 times higher than outdoor levels. Whether or not you suffer from allergies or not, there is something you can do about it. Introducing the Volera Air and Surface Pro Plus, which combines five nature-based processes into one unique, proven, active technology system that helps clean the air you breathe and the surfaces you touch. Aeros, the global leader in surface and air purification solutions, announced on September 30th, 2020 that independent test results of their hydroxyl blaster with active pure technology confirms that the product kills the SARS-CoV-2 virus on surfaces. The testing data established a 99.98% surface kill rate of live SARS-CoV-2 virus in only 7 hours over 300 square feet of space. SARS-CoV-2 is the known virus that causes COVID-19. During a pandemic such as we are currently living in, you cannot afford not to have this device in your home and or office. Order the Volera Air and Surface Active Pure system today at volera.com forward slash Odell Glenn PhD. Again, that's volera.com forward slash Odell Glenn PhD. Dr. Glenn is offering an opportunity and a special invitation to join a private, exclusive wholesale buyers club. The membership is free. No joining fees, no monthly fees, no annual fees ever. It's free forever. The only requirement is that you at least purchase one product per year. What do you have to lose? You have everything to gain. Provide your name and email and I will provide you the special code to join absolutely free. Everyday products that you can purchase each day are available and shipped directly to your door. Contact me at www.oginspiration.com and scroll down until you see Private Invitation Wholesale Club. Click on Learn More and sign in. Again, scroll down until you see Private Invitation Wholesale Club. Click on Learn More and sign in. Welcome back, radio audience. This is Dr. Odell Glenn of the OG Inspiration. We are here to empower and to educate you and we have Mr. Jeff Pollock with us in the studio today. Mr. Jeff Pollock, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from? Sure. First of all, thank you very much for inviting me onto your uh, very interesting uh, podcast. I really appreciate the invite, and I'm very happy to be here. Um, I was born in uh, New York 
uh, city in the in Brooklyn, uh, but raised primarily in the Bronx uh, by my mother. Uh, my father passed away when I was three, uh, while she was um, uh, pregnant with my younger brother. Uh, so it was basically her and the two of us in a one-bedroom apartment. And uh, she was a high school graduate at that time without a college uh, education. So uh, we grew up uh, together. Um, she went to college while she was raising us to become a teacher. And uh, then she passed away at, when I was 16. Uh, I attended college in Buffalo, New York, State University of New York at Buffalo. And I was uh, majoring in psychology. Uh, although as I went through the uh, curriculum, I realized that really wasn't what I was interested in doing. Uh, but I did not know exactly what it was that I was interested in doing um, until uh, I started to, to look at the Watergate uh, hearings that were on television. And that fascinated me. Uh, and I thought, you know, those people are pretty high-minded. They've they've uh, they, they've got a lot of morality uh, to them, which is of course unlike the ones that we've just been through this last year. Um, but I got the impression that if I was to go into the uh, law business, uh, that I could be doing uh, something that is fairly high-minded and fairly helpful to uh, folks in general. And that's what I went ahead and did. Wow, wow. So, Jeff, we have lots in common. Um, I've lived in like seven different states. I'm from Brooklyn, New York myself. And everyone says, I don't care where you go, you don't lose the New York accent. And <laughs> <laughs> I can obviously tell you haven't lost it as well. I also I, I hear yours well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone in the South says I have not, I sound like a New Yorker. But at any rate, you've um, also went to the State University of New York at Buffalo. I went to Stony Brook. Could you tell the audience about the State University of New York at Buffalo? Uh, yeah, when I was there, which was um, in the uh, mid-70s, I hate to uh, admit it, it was that far, along, that, that far back, but it was. The campus was in the process of um, being grown out into a second campus. It was a very pretty area. Uh, it was also very um, cold and uh, yeah. snowy. Uh, <laughs> they had uh, they, one thing that was interesting is they had underground tunnels uh, to keep people warm, so that they could go between buildings without having to go, um, you know, up out into the snow. Uh, and that university got to be known as Berkeley of the East because a lot of the student protests that were going on at Berkeley were also going on at the State University of New York at Buffalo. So by the time I got there, those um, links were, uh, th those tunnels were no longer available. Um, buildings had been, over had been overtaken by students using those tunnels, and so they closed them down. But it was a very, um, a very active time in terms of protests, um, similar to what we've gone through this year with the... Uh, uh, Black Lives Matter situation, and uh, it was a very heady time to be a student there. Wow, wow, that's great. That's that's interesting to know. And so, um, you said that you got a bachelor's degree in psychology there, and then went to law school. Which law school did you attend? Uh, I attended Southwestern University uh, here in Los Angeles. 
Uh, it offered night school, which I needed because I couldn't uh, not work. Uh, you know, for the three or four years that it would take to go to law school, I had to support myself without a whole lot of you know money, monetary support. So uh, I was working full time during the day. Uh, I was working for Connecticut General Insurance Company, and they were kind enough and wise enough. Uh, to pay my tuition. Oh, awesome. 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 And so um, tell tell us about some of the work you've done in industry as a civil trial lawyer. Sure. Um, Just to define the the concept a little bit for your readers, excuse me, your your listeners, um, a civil trial lawyer is someone who does not do criminal law, uh, but basically does the types of cases that require monetary um, results. So, uh, you know, you get a verdict and and if you're representing the plaintiff, you're hoping that the jury will give you X amount of money. Uh, And if you're on the defense side, like I was, you're hoping that the jury will give as little uh, as possible or even none. But there's all sorts of different types of civil trial litigation. And what I did initially uh, was uh, I worked for insurance companies uh, representing people who were in car accidents and were uh, being sued for being negligent in them um, and other types of um, uh, cases like that. A lot of insurance companies had uh, issued policies to uh, attorneys for malpractice. I represented a lot of attorneys who were accused of malpractice. I also represented real estate agents, insurance agents, and other types of non-medical professionals who were being sued also for what you, you know, sometimes it's called malpractice, but we call it professional negligence. Eventually, I branched out and I started representing doctors and hospitals in that same field. And uh, eventually, uh, I was um, also representing the uh, count, county of Los Angeles on various items. Most of your work was done basically in California. Should I say? Mm-hmm. Entirely in California. Okay, awesome, awesome, awesome. And so um, what um, type of preparation would you um, advise if, say, some undergraduate student wants to go to law school and they are now considering law school and they listen to this interview, what type of advice would you give to them to prepare? Well, here's, yeah, here's the thing. I would, uh, I would recommend to them, first of all, that uh, they understand the process that they'll be going through, which is starting off with a uh, LSAT, the Lawyer's um, Scholastic Aptitude Test, uh, which uh, tests their uh, comprehension, reading comprehension, um, uh, verbiage. uh, For some reason, when I was there, it was doing math, although math isn't really part of the, you know, part of the law business, other than if you're representing, you know, you're you're, you're doing it for business reasons. Um, I don't know if they still do that or not. Uh, But aside from taking the LSAT, and of course, um, it would be helpful to uh, go to a um, consultation. Uh, There are various groups around the country that help to prepare you for that test. And uh, those help, those, those generally do help quite a bit, uh, help you get higher scores. It will also be helpful to understand or, or determine for yourself what is best for you in terms of a law school. Do you want to go to one that's close to home? Do you want to go to one that has a focus on a particular type of law? 
uh, do you want to go to one that offers like I had to do a night school in addition to a day school? You want to look at what kind of programs they have for their students. You want to see what fits you basically best financially and in terms of what kind of law you want to practice. And that leads to the next part of this. There's all sorts of different lawyers uh, or different practices of law. And uh, it would be helpful going into law school to know what type of law you would be most interested in. It's not essential that you know that, but it's helpful because that'll help to pair you up with the right school. Um, once you go to school, you will be taking courses that will be an overview of all sorts of law, um, whether it's contract law, real estate law, constitutional law, um, estate law, tax law, all sorts of different things. Uh, and the reason for doing that broad type of scope is to be able to get you thinking uh, in a um, legal sense or kind of train your thought process so that you um, are able to analyze things uh, appropriately for, for lawyers, uh, but also to give you a little flavor if you want uh, into these different areas. And finally, of course, you don't get to be a lawyer once you graduate, you have to actually take a bar exam and um, be uh, admitted into uh, the law profession in the state that you're going to practice in. Awesome. Awesome. And so audience, Jeff Pollock gave us a wealth of information. And so I've been, uh, for those that have been following me, you know that I give SAT prep through my foundation um, to help coach the high school students through the SAT. And so Jeff mentioned preparing for the LSAT, which is another typical standardized test, which basically is beatable. You can actually get the score that you want. So you should kind of look for possibly the Princeton Review or the Stanley Kaplan. And there's others out there that will help you. Again, I do the SAT prep courses for high school students, but that test is beatable. And these other standardized tests like the GRE and the LSAT are both um, also very beatable with the proper coach. And so the investment that you take to try to get into, to take that test to get into this college or the university of your choice is, is definitely worth it. And so um, Jeff also mentioned that there's various types of law, lawyers out there. And so should they come in kind of knowing what type of lawyer they want to go in or do they have wiggle room in law school to figure out what type of law that they eventually want to go in? Uh, I think if you if you do know what kind of law that you want to go in, it is helpful, but it's not essential. And here's why it's helpful. Uh, the curriculum has certain requirements of courses you have to take, but it also has electives. And you want to look at the electives closely for any school that you are considering applying to if you already know what kind of law you want to practice, because you want to make sure that there are electives in that particular type of practice at that particular school. Um, additionally, one of the things that is very, very helpful, uh, at least for people who have the time to do it, is to work as a law clerk while you are in, are in law school. Interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, and the reason that that is helpful is, number one, of course, it gives you experience that you wouldn't otherwise get. But number two, um, when you are ready to be employed by somebody, they're going to want to know what your background is. Work for two years or so as 
law clerk, you can uh, have a little bit of a leg up uh, in terms of getting a job as a lawyer, as opposed to people who are just graduating law school and have no experience in working for law firms whatsoever. I hope some of you are taking notes on that because internships are very important as well as um, becoming like a bar clerk for law school. Anytime you get some experience that helps you in lots of ways to eventually be, become employed. And so Jeff also gave some tidbits that basically you will be taking electives, but it would help if you did come in kind of knowing, hey, this is the law that I'm really more attracted to. And for those who are science techies, again, there is, if you decide that you've gotten a degree in engineering, you can still go to law school. There's something called patent law that really utilizes your background in the sciences or engineering that you can go into as well. So depending on what really attracts you is lawyers are out there. It's needed in almost every industry. Um, can you expound on that a little, Jeff? Yeah, uh, you're right about every every industry. Every, every major company has its own uh, in, in-house law um, department. And uh, they are responsible for doing anything, basically, that that particular company needs from a legal standpoint, um, which can be dealing with patents. It can be dealing with uh, employment litigation, uh, harassment and, um, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, It can also deal with any outside litigation so that it can be basically supervising the litigators that are doing the work for you outside of the outside of the business itself. And um, it also deals with uh, tax issues and all, you know, there's all sorts of different things that a corporate lawyer can do. Patent lawyers, as you mentioned, are also very important. Um, They actually get paid quite a bit more than those of us that are litigators uh, because it, it does require a lot of very um, complex from a scientific or technical um, or mechanical standpoint to be able to uh, uh, do properly, uh, most of which is beyond my abilities, by the way. Um, and lastly, uh, it, it, it just to go back to where you are in law school and, and electives, if you are if you are interested in becoming a patent lawyer or or a corporate lawyer, uh, you want to go and do uh, and make sure that you go to schools that have electives in those particular areas, but also have a reach out capability so that they are able to get you in front of people who do that work, um, so that you can ask them questions, uh, you can uh, find out a little bit about the day to day reality of that type of work. Uh, and it helps to, you know, be able to understand as you're going through that process, what your life is going to be like when you're done with it in terms of day-to-day work. Right. Wow. Wow. That's very, very interesting. And so guys, I hope you've taken some notes. If you decide, or you feel like you want to go to law school, if you're not in law school, and this is some information for someone else that you may know, you want to take it because we have a a lawyer on the line who is guiding you through educationally how you prepare um, for that type of law. So guys, we're going to take a commercial break. And then after we come back, again, Jeff Bullock is a 
lawyer, but he's also a fiction novelist. And we're going to go into his book and we're going to also kind of have him explain why and how he got into writing books or is was writing books a side hobby of lore or how did it intertwine or so. So after we come back from this commercial, we'll hear from Jeff Pollock again. Do you have that burning desire to educate, empower, and inspire community? We here at WDRB Media provide you with such wonderful opportunities to make such a positive impact. So step out on faith and make a significant difference with your gift. We care about your voice and the impact it has. Call one 877 342-7770 and provide them with the code 1349 to begin the process. That's 1-877-342-7770 and code 1349. Does your child have an interest in STEM? Is he or she always asking the why questions? With four engineering degrees behind him, Dr. Glenn can help you better navigate the process. Sign up on his website at www.ogstem.com for newsletters, his upcoming book, and webinars dedicated to STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math. The key to success is to plan early. It's never too early to plan. Okay, welcome back, audience. This is Dr. Odell Glenn. We have Mr. Jeff Pollock on the line. He has expounded on his background in law, given some of you some tips on how to how to prepare best for law school and what to expect when you get into college and how having an internship or working as a bar clerk. Um, prior to becoming a lawyer is very um, important. And so, Jeff, I understand that you've written a book. And can you tell us how you transitioned into writing a book? Or was this just basically a hobby or something? Yeah, it, um, when I was uh, about 2015, I think it was, uh, I was looking ahead, uh, looking toward retirement. And I am retired now. Uh, and I wanted to kind of get a sense of what I wanted to do when I was retired, because I know a lot of lawyers who don't retire because they literally don't have any hobbies. They don't know what they would do with their time. And I didn't want to be one of those people. Uh, so uh, one of the things that litigation requires is a lot of writing. Uh, it's not drama. It's not fictional. It's, uh, you know, you're writing about your your case and you're submitting motions or appeals or uh, various types of other uh, reports uh, to the court or to your clients. And you have a lot to do in terms of writing. It's, uh, It's a very writing intensive profession. So after doing that for 30, 35 years, you know, I felt like I was pretty proficient with writing and with editing my own work. And I thought that that was something I could carry over into um, retirement when I'm ready to retire. Uh, Another aspect of that is that I've always been an avid reader, and I really enjoy reading uh, fiction. I also read nonfiction, but especially fiction. I thought, you know, I can put those two things together and see what happens. So I sat down at the computer uh, one day, and I decided I would try to write a novel. Of course, you know. Just sitting here and trying to write a novel, and when you've never done something like that before, is quite a is quite a task. 
But, you know, something interesting happened. And in order to explain this, I have to go back to 9-11. When the World Trade Center collapsed on 9-11, that's a building I had very, very, I was very, very familiar with. Uh, although I'm in Los Angeles, not in New York, I had been in that building many, many times. I had clients in the building. My law firm did an annual a seminar at the top of that building, a place called uh, Windows on the World, uh, and we did that every May. I got to know a lot of the people that were in that uh, facility working. So I'm watching the World Trade Center, uh, World Trade Towers uh, collapse, and I'm thinking about all of the people that I know that are in that building. And of course, it was quite traumatic. Uh, I didn't know, you know, if any of them had survived or not at that point, because it was like literally happening. Right. But, but the, the thought came to me that we need a new God. We need a God who was a planetary turnaround specialist. And it was just a random thought, or so I thought. But when I sat down in 2020, excuse me, 2015 to start writing, that thought came back to me. And it came back to me with the names of my two pr protagonists, my main characters, their backstory, a basic plot, and three different endings. So I'm I'm literally sitting here at the computer, trying to keep up with everything that with this whole story that's basically flowing out of my head, and I'm just trying to keep up with it because I don't know if I'm actually going to remember it. Right. Uh, and I was, I was, it took me, it took me an hour or two hours or something to get it all down on paper, but that was the gist of the book. And wow. I didn't know where it was coming from. I still don't know why it came to me because I, I kind of have the impression that the book decided it wanted me to write it, uh, you know, which makes no sense really, but that's kind of the way I felt. Um, and uh, from that point forward, I was working on that book. So that's literally the first book I've ever written. and. It's a it's it's already received an award. I'm an award-winning author after after it had been uh, published for three months, and you know that none of that makes much sense either. It just is crazy that it happened that quickly, but um, that's where it's at. Wow, wow, that's really interesting. You know, um, Jeff, I was actually teaching at Rutgers University when the World Trade Center towers hit and I had just passed. I used to drive from Brooklyn to New Jersey at that time. And right. um, I had driven past it, but you have to pass it on the Brooklyn Bridge going into New Jersey. And so I saw the towers. It was a typical morning. My class started at nine. I think I passed the towers at around 8 p.m. And so I remember the day very, very vividly. I actually, in high school, I had a job in the World Trade Center okay. towers. And so um, as yourself, I am very familiar with those um, World Trade um, Center towers. And when that day hit, it was it was a day that is still vivid in my mind. I actually could not get home that day because I was stuck in New Jersey because they wouldn't allow cars or any um, transportation to go from New Jersey to New York at that time. But when I did get home, it was like five in the morning. Wow. So um, it was a very interesting day. And so, um, Jeff, basically the title of the book, First, Second Coming, um, how did you come up with exactly that title? You know, it, did, it didn't really take very long. Um, I, I thought, we have a new God here. Uh, 
and the the old one is retired at least the way i structured it the book uh so the the concept of putting that in the title in some manner was kind of what i was looking for and i didn't necessarily um mean to have it refer to the second coming of christ i just had it refer to the second coming of a god right. taking over for the new testament god and uh it, it's you know it's a short three short words and it fits pretty well on a cover so i i just right. right yeah and so um could you tell us jeff um the story's plot within two minutes or less uh well i can try uh, but basically, it is a, um, uh, a story in which, as I was just saying, uh, the new God has taken over for the uh, retired New Testament God. And his first uh, step as the new God of planet Earth is to determine what he is going to do with mankind, because we're the ones who caused all of the problems globally, uh, and uh, he is there to fix those problems. And if we're in his way, he's not going to bother with us. Uh, so he puts together a 60-day conference in the Los Angeles, uh, Los Angeles Convention Center, brings people in from all over uh, the world to test their ability to accept each other, cooperate with each other, and be tolerant of each other. And the 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 task is to eliminate religious violence, which is a throwback to 9-11. Um, now, while all of that is going on, we have two major characters, uh, Ram Forrester who, and, and Brenda Lee Santa Maria, who are talk show hosts. God has made his appearance and his introduction all over the world through that talk show. And he has identified Ram and Brenda Lee as the only media representatives who will be allowed to participate in the conference and to tell the world on a day-to-day -day basis how that is progressing. It happens that uh, some people don't like the fact that they are supposedly um, promoting a false god and they are out to kill Ram and Brendeley as vengeance for that um, uh, promotion. So while the two of them are getting threats, they are becoming more and more romantically inclined because during the day they're in this conference, at night they're doing their show, and throughout the day they are trying to avoid being killed. They're pretty much by themselves. But as the romance grows, the more important it becomes to them that the conference succeeds because they're going to lose their romance if they uh, are killed along with the rest of the world. Uh, and that basically is the plot if I managed to do it in two minutes, I got it. Okay. Well, that this sounds really, really interesting. I have not read the book, but I'm going to actually go out and get it. And so can you tell the audience how they can go out and purchase your book? How sure. can they reach you or do you have a website so they can go out and purchase it? Yeah, I do have a website. Uh, it's uh, creatively entitled Jeff Pollock and the last name is P-O-L-L-A-K.com. Uh, so that has, uh, that has some things in there about the book. It also has a contact page. If you want to reach out to me, you can do that. And I will answer as quickly as I'm able to. Um, if you want to buy the book, uh, Amazon is your best bet. Uh, and just either go with my name, make sure you spell the last name right. Everybody does misspell it. There's no C, it's P-O-L-L-A-K. 
or just go to you know first second coming through your search uh, and you'll come to that uh, that book. It can also be available on Kobo by uh, email. Barnes and Noble has it on. Uh, I think they only have it on hard copy. Uh, and there are a couple of other places where you can buy it also, and that's also available through my um, my website, gives you those particular uh, places. But uh, it, since we're talking to people who are primarily in the U.S., uh, Canada, and Mexico, uh, Amazon is your best bet. Awesome, awesome. So, Jeff, you um, mentioned, you gave us the plot, but if you could yourself spend the day with one character from your book called The First, Second Coming, who would it be? And why would you choose him or her? Where would you go and what would you do with that character? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, and I understand, uh, Adele, that you're, uh, you've are you done some uh, author work yourself. I don't know if it was fiction yes. or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but perhaps you've had this experience. Uh, when I was about halfway through my draft, my first draft, um, I started to get a, a voice in my head. And I'm not used to having a voice in my head other than my own. But this one was female and Latina. And, you know, I'm not female or Latina. So uh, it kind of shook me up a little bit that I'm hearing this. <laughs> anyway, it was Brandley. She's mm-hmm. talking to me. She's waking me up at four in the morning every day to tell me what's going on in the chapter I'm about to write. <laughs> and, you know, we got to be friends. Uh, I settled down to, you know, understanding that, um, uh, that she's there and helping me out. And uh, she's the one that I would uh, I would spend that day with if you're um, uh, as far as your question concerned. Oh, awesome, awesome, awesome! And so, um, being an author is is a very very interesting and very fulfilling experience. Could you tell us what the greatest lesson you've learned as a writer so far? After you, I will tell mine. But yeah, what, what's okay. your greatest lesson that you've okay, learned? Okay, the greatest. The greatest lesson I had, I think I, I gained from this at least so far, is that you shouldn't doubt yourself if you're going to try to take on something new. Learn, do it, try it. Maybe it'll work for you. Maybe it won't work for you. Maybe it'll work tremendously for you. Um, it gives me a lot of self-satisfaction um, that I was able to write this book. Uh, that I was able to publish the book, that the book has received an award for excellence in writing. Um, And, you know, if I hadn't tried to write the book, uh, I wouldn't know that I had that skill. And uh, if I hadn't been pushed by friends of mine uh, to publish the book, uh, I wouldn't be a published writer and I wouldn't be an award-winning published writer at this at this point. So uh, don't doubt yourself. Go and do you know what it takes to do whatever it is you want to do. Uh, learn, you know, uh, teach yourself if you can, teach go to conferences, do whatever you need to do in order to make what you want to do uh, it's at its best. Amen. Wow. That, that's a mouthful of words. And as I tell the audience each week, we have an innovative God and he is constantly challenging us to reflect his glory, to utilize the characteristics he has given each of us to move forward towards righteousness. And we ourselves must often be innovative in that task. And so while we're in the COVID and we have to stay indoors, 
Um, seclusion and isolation allows for inner work as well as concentration on our immediate surroundings and circumstances. So you should change to embrace this change for the good. Perfect peace and calm to anyone who is anxious. But while we're in the pure peace and calm in the quarantine, as Jeff just mentioned, tap into your inner self because there's some beauty in that and some gifting and talent that you may not otherwise see. And as Jeff just mentioned, he has now become an award-winning um, novelist for this book. And as he mentioned, he didn't really know he had that talent, but he stretched out on a limb and took the chance. So spread your wings and fly. See beyond the horizon. Reach above the clouds and go above and beyond being comfortable because only you can determine your destiny. Because life is a gift and it offers us the privilege, the opportunity and responsibility to give something back by becoming more. And so in answer to the question I asked Jeff, you know, my book is a nonfiction. So it is a, it's a true story. And I'm actually living it each day on caregiving. So I went into the, wrote the book basically out of my need to help others who were, who were and are going through exactly what I'm going through, through caregiving for two parents. Um, and it's just been an inspiration, not only to others, but to myself. And I'm also writing another book from that. And so the more you give, the more you receive. And you have to take the first step. Sometimes the first step is the hardest step that you can take. And once you start riding the bicycle, once you start walking, the sky is the limit to what can, you can do. Can you expound on that, Jeff? Yeah, I think you're. Uh, I think you're very right with with that. And uh, one of, I, I guess, the one thing I would add to that is this: if you are not sure uh, of what your skills are, or uh, if you are at a time and place in your life where you are willing to try something new, try to take stock. Try to figure out for yourself what it is you would like to do, just like I was doing when I was looking forward at retirement and trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, you may come up with something that is totally surprising to you, but works perfectly with what your particular school uh, skill set is. Um, you may, you may also just think you can do you know something else and 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 find out that it just doesn't work for you but don't let don't let that type of situation stop you from switching into another avenue and trying out another talent or another skill uh, that you don't know you have you can only find out about what you are talented in and what you are skilled in if you make the effort to try them wow that's really really interesting and so that, that's really interesting because we we only think, hey, let's push like the middle age or the high school. But there is a lot of people who are sitting out there listening to this audience who are retired or just retired. I know lots of people are retiring during this COVID and a lot of them are at a crossroad. What am I going to do next? I'm so used to being busy going to work. And I would think this would be the perfect time for you to launch out on the limb and then try something new, try something that you dreamed of as a child, that life kind of got in the way and it kind of prohibited you from doing that. So my advice, go write the book, eat the cake 
and live and try to de- define what you, because sometimes you can allow work, family, church, you can allow all these other things that are good to define who you are and you lose yourself in the process. And so as Jeff just mentioned, find what you like to do and expound upon it. And you may shock yourself. You may find yourself launching into a new career. You may find yourself starting a new nonprofit. You may find yourself being a mentor to a child or going to a college and university and just teaching as an adjunct at a community college or so. You don't know unless you try. And so the things you do for yourself are gone when you're gone, but the things you do for others, they continue to remain as your legacy. And so you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. And so after this commercial break, we're going to come back and talk to Jeff about any other things that he may be doing. Again, He's another New Yorker like myself, so I know he has something else in the pipeline. But at any rate, we're going to talk to him about um, those things, and then we're going to have him give his information out again for the book for those who may have missed it right after this commercial break. Do you need a certain SAT score to get into the college of your choice? Well, Dr. Odell Glenn can help you get it. The three-tier foundation offers online SAT prep classes. Dr. Glenn will show you test strategies and tactics needed to get the score you want. The exam is beatable with the proper coach. We are open to working with individuals, schools, and groups for six-week online sessions. Sign up at www.3tierfoundation.com forward slash SAT dash preparation. That's www.3tierfoundation.com forward slash SAT dash preparation. Did you know that each of us consumes more air each day than anything else in the world? We breathe in over 3,000 gallons of air every day. According to the Environmental Protection Agency, indoor air levels of many pollutants may be two to five times and sometimes more than 100 times higher than outdoor levels. Whether or not you suffer from allergies or not, there is something you can do about it. Introducing the Volera Air and Surface Pro Plus, which combines five nature-based processes into one unique, proven, active technology system that helps clean the air you breathe and the surfaces you touch. Aeros, the global leader in surface and air purification solutions, announced on September 30th, 2020 that independent test results of their hydroxyl blaster with active pure technology confirms that the product kills the SARS-CoV-2 virus on surfaces. The testing data established a 99.98% surface kill rate of live SARS-CoV-2 virus in only 7 hours over 300 square feet of space. SARS-CoV-2 is the known virus that causes COVID-19. During a pandemic such as we are currently living in, you cannot afford not to have this device in your home and or office. Order the Volera Air and Surface Active Pure system today at volera.com forward slash Odell Glenn PhD. Again, that's volera.com forward slash Odell Glenn PhD. Does your child have an interest in STEM? Is he or she always asking the why questions? With four engineering degrees behind him, Dr. Glenn can help you better navigate the process. Sign up on his website at www.ogstem.com for newsletters, his upcoming book, and webinars dedicated to STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math. The key to success is to plan early. It's never too early to plan. 
have that burning desire to educate, empower, and inspire community, we here at WDRB Media provide you with such wonderful opportunities to make such a positive impact. So step out on faith and make a significant difference with your gift. We care about your voice and the impact it has. Call 1-877-342-7770 and provide them with the code 1349 to begin the process. That's 1-877-342-7770 and code 1349. Okay, welcome back, audience. This is Dr. Odell Glenn of the OG Inspiration Show. Again, we have an awesome guest here with us this morning. We have Mr. Jeff Pollock, who has been a civil lawyer, and he also has been the author, author of the first Second Coming book. He's given us a synopsis of the entire book, the plot, and now we want to talk to Jeff about some of his upcoming projects that he is currently working on. He's given us motivation that even if you're retired, you should still think about exploring some of the hidden talents that you may have buried because of children, because of family, because of work. The sky's the limit. Jeff, tell us some of the things that you're working on um, now. Uh, sure. The uh, I have two books that I'm working on sort of simultaneously, uh, although it's hard to write two books with, you know, two hands and one computer. <laughs> uh, but one of the books is the second book, the series. So first, second coming is the first book in the new God series. And the second book, which has the working title of Earth's Peril, is the second book in that series. And basically what we're doing with the series is addressing global issues one or two at a time uh, from this point forward. And uh, the second book is going to deal with uh, climate change and overpopulation. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of global problems. So I'm probably never going to run out of this series, but <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> I, I got to do it one by one. Yeah, this is <laughs> interesting. That, that's my um, major concern. Um, climate change. You know, I live here in South Carolina and today was one of the coldest days. And um, they say it never snows in South Carolina. Well, that's not true. I moved here and it snowed several times. And so well, those unusual signs when you can't tell the north from the south is very interesting. I, uh, I totally get that. We have all the fire issues here. Uh, yeah. And uh, that's, that's just, uh, it didn't used to be that way. Uh, but now we have it. Um, the second book is sort of a spinoff of the series in that, in that the, um, the new God is a character in that book, but, uh, Ram and Brenda Lee and, and various characters that are in the new God series are not in that book. Uh, and I call that book for now, at least I call it the recycling center, uh, because it's, it's, a, it's about, um, reincarnating and uh you know it's not that i'm a reincarnationist but uh, i thought it made an interesting concept for a book to have a documentary filmmaker uh, go and find out about this recycling and re the recycling is recycling of souls um so we'll see how that works out uh i i unlike the series books i don't have a plot uh, uh, for this, I'm a, um, uh, a pantser on this one rather than a plotter on this one. I'm just going to see where it takes me. 
And if it works, then fine, it works. And if it doesn't, it's been a fun dream. So uh, that's where those things are, are at right now. They're both at the very early stage. Um, Earth's peril is going to take a lot more uh, research than uh, Recycling Center will. Right, right. Wow. So as you can see, you're a busy person. And so um, how can the audience, could you repeat how the audience can reach you or, or actually um, purchase any of your products or your soon coming products. Could you tell us your information once again? Sure. Uh, the uh, website is Jeff Pollock. Again, that's P-O-L-L-A-K.com. And it has a contact page on it. So if you have questions or you just want to say, hey, I'm so-and-so and I'm interested in your book, um, that's great. There's also a mailing list you can you can hook up with uh, to follow the uh, process of the new books. Uh, there's all sorts of information about First Second Coming uh, there as well. And uh, if um, if there are people out there that are interested in uh, having me on their podcast, uh, the best thing to do would be to leave a message on that uh, page also, and I will get back to you on um, uh, appearing in that, on your podcasts. Uh, the uh, the other thing to mention, of course, is uh, again you can go on Amazon and uh, you can search the book by name. Just it's just uh, first second coming. There's no the first second coming. The word the is not part of the book. Okay. Uh, or you can uh, you can go by uh, searching my name uh, as the author. Either way, it'll get you to uh, the page, uh, the product page. Awesome, awesome, Jeff. You have inspired so many this morning on the show. You've inspired all students, undergrad or even high school students who want to consider law from your journey of being a civil trial lawyer. You've explained to all of us or different ages or different time frames, even if you're retired, there if there's more for you to do to take the time to smell the roses and tap into skill sets that you didn't think you had. You've also given us a synopsis on your book entitled First Second Coming, which many of you are going to go out and purchase and be on the mailing list for Jeff Pollock's other books or other works that are coming in the woodworks. Jeff, do you have any final um, words of empowerment or encouragement to tell the audience this morning? Yeah, um, I'll address this to the high schoolers and to the college students uh, who are listening. Uh, you know, at, at, at your tender age, it's hard uh, to recognize, uh, even think about sometimes uh, what you're going to do with the rest of your life when you become an adult and uh, you're no longer under the care of mom and dad and you have to make up, for, you know, make up for yourself. It's worth time to think about that uh, a little bit at least uh, and to try to get some preparation ready so that you're making good decisions uh, which you've researched a little bit uh, and uh, thought about a lot uh, rather than making a mistake or two that will, you know, waste time or, or get you started on the wrong foot. Uh, take the time. Talk to your parents. Talk to your family, uh, uncles, aunts, grandparents, your friends' parents. Uh, go Go get as much information as you can from people who are a little older than you who have done this transition from 
high schooler or college student to um, functioning and working adult and um, be as best prepared as you can be to make the decisions that you're going to have to make in the next few years. It's a, uh, it's a challenging time. It's an exciting time. And uh, you will be able to look back in a decade, two decades, or three decades and say to yourself, I handled that right. I'm in the right spot. Uh, I'm glad I did that. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, um, Jeff, for those words of wisdom. As I tell my audience, again, if you are in high school, junior high school, or even in college, you should have at least three or four mentors on your team in different fields so that you can go to them when you need answers. And it's also good to be versatile, to have various people on your mentoring mentorship team so that then opens up doors later on. And so your mentors will change as you navigate through life, but always have mentorship in your background, as Jeff just mentioned, so that you can informally make correct decisions. And even if that decision is good for that time, it may it may change at another later time, which is okay. And so, Jeff, we thank you so much for your wisdom and spending the time with OG Inspiration today. And we ask that God would bless you and continue to bless you in all that you do. Let us end with a word of prayer. God, we thank you and we praise you for this hour of knowledge and inspiration. Now, God, Bless us as we go forward during the week and we ask for your wisdom and your guidance. And we thank you for bright futures, bright bright careers. Even our seniors who are out there who have been inspired to do other things, God, we ask you for your wisdom and your guidance. We thank you for using Jeff's life to empower others. Thank you, Jeff, for being on the show. And blessing you all that you do. You're, You're definitely welcome. And so this is the last of today's show. This is Dr. Odile Glenn signing off. Until next week, have an awesome, empowered week.